0: and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079. Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079 that's 732-748-1079 and now here's your host lauren cardinal
1: good evening thank you for joining me for here's the thing i'm lauren cardinal your host if you missed the intro i'm a board certified hypnotherapist and certified life coach i help my clients have a better life by helping them achieve the results they want and really live life If you'd like to call in, the switchboard is clear and there's some lines open, so call in at 732-748-1079. I'll speak for a few minutes and then we'll take your calls and really get the show going. For those of you who joined me last week, we talked about shaking off those winter blues. We had a call from Lou who brought up a great question about how to shake off those coming back from spring vacation blues. And if we're planning a spring vacation or... Any vacation, really, there can be that, shall we call it melancholy? That melancholy feeling when we're coming back, almost to the point that we miss out on the last day or two of vacation because we get caught in looking ahead at the departure and getting back into regular life. So, if you'd like to hear that call and what Lou and I came up with to help alleviate those feelings in the future, you can find the recorded show on my website at www.laurencardinal.com and thanks for the call Lou so this is Here's the Thing I'm your host Lauren Cardinal again if you'd like to call in reach out at 732-748-1079 you can listen online at woldradio.com or with the tune in radio app for your Apple or Android device free app Free app. tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management Investment advisors located in Panther Valley with over 30 years of investment experience, helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate. If you're at a distance from their location and aren't sure whether you're in their service area, you can reach out to them directly. They make house calls. They may be able to come to you. And you can, For more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991, or you can find them online at www.nstarinvest.com. So first tonight, I want to give a shout-out to Jen and Jessica and the rest of the crew at Sussex County Community College for a fantastic event this past Saturday, the 7th Annual Ladies' Retreat. I had a full house at my hypnotherapy workshop there, and what a great group the entire day. Just a fantastic group there, and uh, it was so much fun. Really, really good feedback and a great group. And I'd like to give another shout-out to my ladies' night-out group on Saturday night. I met up with these ladies and led them through a past-life recall. Some amazing experiences and great conversations, really fun connections. And if you're interested in hosting or participating in a past life recall group, you can reach out to me. With this group on Saturday, we've done a session in the past on how they all knew each other in a previous life. And on Saturday, we did a session for them to discover their earthly purpose. Next time, we may work through current unexplained fears or perhaps inherent talents or abilities. I'm not sure. But one thing I know is that it'll be fun. So if you'd like to reach out to me to plan a really fun evening, and I'll come to you, you can call me directly at 973-418-2170, or you can email me at, lauren at laurencardinal.com. And quickly, some upcoming events for me. I've mentioned before, I have my annual Summer Slim Down group sessions beginning on Wednesday, May 10th. Come join me for eight weeks of relaxing and productive weight reduction hypnosis sessions. It's a new session each week and with the CD of each session to go home with to keep the positive momentum. In these sessions, it's fun. It's a relaxing environment, productive sessions to get you back in control and reduce your weight and feel great. Because really, isn't it? I mean, isn't it finally time to let weight reduction be easy? It'd be so nice just to let it be easy certainly easier right and you can find me on facebook at lauren cardinal board certified hypnotherapist to learn all of upcoming events and to reach out to sign up for them so on with the show for tonight are you feeling behind in what you need to do are you finding it hard to keep up Perhaps your boss gives you one more thing to do on top of the 20 things you already have on your desk. Maybe you can't be there the way you want to be for your family or kids. Maybe your heart is beating faster, you lash out, you feel overwhelmed to the point of inactivity. You just want to run away and hide. You may know the feeling of hopelessness and exhaustion that just sucks your energy. And the pace of our lives is just frenetic, and we're really not wired for that pace. Feeling fried and burned out is a sign that our lives have gone seriously off course. And our minds affect our well-being, our physical well-being. And when you're fried or burned out, you're not present. Well, tonight we'll be talking about identifying and reversing burnout, with a special focus on laughter. It's a key element there. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. Again, if you'd like to call in to share an experience, get coaching, or ask a question, the number to call is 732-748-1079. So thinking, what happened to the spark that you had as a child that powered curiosity and engagement with life and creativity? Has it burned out? Are you feeling emotionally and physically exhausted, perhaps cynical, wondering if you've got what it takes to make it in this ever-changing world? Burnout looks a lot like depression, but it's not a biological boogeyman that medication or simple stress management can cure. It is a disorder of hope and will that sucks the life out of competent, hardworking people like you and me. And it may be an ongoing cycle, but you can take your power back. A lot of us talk about being burned out, really. We seem to be able to identify with it real very easily. And I hear it a lot. But do we really know what it means? It's more than just being tired or stressed. And when I started researching burnout for the show, I was surprised... And how specific burnout topics were. Burnout for teachers, burnout for homeschoolers, burnout for pastry chefs, burnout for writers, burnout for caregivers. Because it seems that in any variety of what we do, burnout is potential. But when it comes down to it, burnout really is just burnout, isn't it? And there are three characteristics of burnout that are measured by different scales. Exhaustion, loss of empathy and that you just really can't do a good job anymore whether it's raising your children your career, even cleaning the house and it's different than when we talk about not being able to, to do a good job anymore, maybe maybe it's a lack of focus and it might be I'm thinking of the difference with between being alert and being hypervigilant the hypervigilant is usually some a response to something traumatic and being alert is where we want to be and that can get lost if you're starting to feel the burnout and burnout and stress are often interchanged but burnout isn't stress it's a bit of learned helplessness from what I've read and learned about and burnout is actually stressful the stress must be managed but even if it is managed it doesn't help the burnout. Burnout is a motivational problem. It affects focus, determination, and in some cases, it could be a bit of a spiritual emergency. But at the bottom line, it's unsettling. It's despair. So how does one deal with despair and get back to self? How do you deal with that loss of inspiration? It's an area that I think has been largely ignored. And if you're interested in doing a bit more reading about it, there there is a really great book by Joan Borisenko. It's called Pride, Why You Burn Out and How to Revive. I found myself referring to it frequently during the week in addition to the other research that I was doing. In Joan Borisenko's book, she describes 12 stages or phases of burnout. And they're not inevitable. At any point, if you're identifying with any of the phases or the stages, it is an opportunity to stop it right there and take action. Since they're recognizable stages, you can identify where you are and lift yourself out. Just want to take a moment. If anyone is just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And we're talking about identifying and reversing burnout with a special focus on laughter. If you'd like to call in to share an experience, get coaching, or ask a question, call in at 732-748-1079. So the 12 stages or phases of burnout the first one you're being driven by an ideal so committed to your work and that is a good thing but it can become your nemesis conversely people who are not driven generally don't burn out it's that driving force driving force that keeps you so committed that brings you to the second phase which is working like a maniac and that's a slippery slope john's nodding his head here he knows We know what that's like. I think we all can identify with that. The third phase is that you're putting your own needs last. You don't do things like your retirement planning and the things to keep your own life well-oiled are not being done. They're just, I'll do it later, or I don't need to do that now until it gets into what I call the crisis quadrant. It's not an absolute need right at this moment. So it goes to the back burner. Maybe you're not exercising. Those things that aren't your well-oiled machine. You put your own needs last. The fourth phase is that you're miserable, but you're clueless as to why. You just know that somehow your life just isn't working. And it may not be a job you're doing. You've just lost track of the rest of your life. The fifth phase is that you experience essentially the death of your values. You used to value, let's say, friendships, or you used to value making music, and you begin to find that there's no time for it anymore. You're floating with nothing to anchor you, which is what values are for. Your values are your anchors. They keep you grounded. The sixth stage or phase is being frustrated, aggressive, and cynical. You just can't feel hopeful anymore. You feel helpless, that feeling of, oh, nice guys finish last. And this is where there's a bit of the learned helplessness that comes in. Not in all cases, but it's that that hopelessness, that feeling of giving up, which sometimes we just become accustomed to. The seventh stage or phase is when you feel emotionally exhausted and disengaged if you get cards or gifts and you're too tired to open them thinking oh no now I have to write a thank you note I just don't have the energy for that one of the most beautiful things in life is to give and to receive and if there's just no room in your life for that emotionally exhausted and disengaged the eighth stage is kind of when you're saying to yourself I've morphed into what? you may start eating more or drinking more or any coping mechanism to help you feel better and feel more alive. And generally, it often takes more and more to feel better. You're just pushing it down, pushing it down, but not moving beyond it. The ninth phase is isolating yourself. The just get away from me type of feeling. People just aren't the comfort that they should be or that they used to be. And you just want to be alone. It's just easier, safer to be alone. The tenth stage is that you feel empty inside. That inner emptiness. The eleventh is that you don't care about anything. Who cares? Why bother? It doesn't matter. But everyone wants to matter. It's at the heart of everything. Everything. And the twelfth phase is the physical and mental collapse. And burnout looks a tremendous amount like depression. So what's the difference between burnout and depression? Those stages, the phases that I've just described, may cross over a lot with depression. And the difference between really isn't well understood. And in what I researched and read... There are some things that are are the same and some things that are different. But if you think you're experiencing burnout or possibly depression, it is important to speak with your physician or therapist so that they can help you identify the appropriate action to take and identify where you are. Because, as I mentioned earlier, we can manage stress, but it won't necessarily take care of the burnout. And if you're experiencing burnout, What I read is that the antidepressive medications may not be what counteracts the burnout. It's a motivational thing, so it is important to talk to your doctor or therapist. And regarding burnout, you do need to be able to confront what's going on inside and get back to a health state, an inspired state. We want to fulfill a role to make others happy, and at a certain point, we realize we're not fulfilled. We have to go back to the core to identify what it is if you remember we spoke a few weeks ago to rachel we spoke to rachel a few times and she was learning that getting back to her for so long it was all about other people for the longest time that she kind of lost track of who she was and it is a wake-up call coming back to your passion identifying the things that drive you that you're passionate about that you find fulfilling and inspiring and moving away from what isn't fulfilling and just as a reminder and what rachel was experiencing that when you do that bound you're establishing new boundaries and people may resent that but it is important for you to keep those boundaries to keep yourself in a health state it was interesting for me to read about that there may be some childhood experiences that predispose us to burnout, and in more cases than others it's when there was a challenging childhood whether there was neglect or physical abuse or if there was an addict in the household but again being more predisposed to burnout is only a predisposition you still have the same phases and the opportunity to identify the phases the stages and take action to lift yourself out recovering from burnout is about coming back to aliveness it's about reflecting on what did I do to get here It's the search for what does matter. So before we go into some of the reviving strategies, I want to mention again the number to call in because we'd like to hear about your experiences. Are you experiencing burnout? Did you experience burnout and have come out of it? Those experiences are something that the listeners can can share and learn from you. And the number to call is 732-748-1079. We can even talk about if you automatically identify with a certain stage and you're ready to lift yourself out, how to do that. What stage are you in? Let's talk about that so you can take action and lift yourself out of that. So what are some of the reviving strategies? As we were just talking about, you can identify where you are in the stages and go back to the listing, review it, observe where you are. And ask yourself how you're really feeling. And I think just by talking about this and having the phases, I'll do something to incorporate the listing of these the stages and phases on my Facebook page so you have someplace to go to to identify that list. It's also uh, in jo- Joan Borisenko's book, and I'll probably list it on my website, and certainly after this show is, is recorded, the entire show will be on my website. Another thing you can do is just scan your body and notice what you're feeling and where you're feeling it. Just take an opportunity to do that right now. What parts of your body are feeling tense or contracted? If they're feeling hot or cold? Anything that you notice about different areas of your body and notice what it can tell you about what you're feeling. There's a lot of information that you can learn about your emotions based on how your body actually feels, your physical body. In the reading, there was a lot to mention about getting back out into nature more. That connection, even with the chlorophyll and the fresh air, the oxygen. Pets were mentioned. Getting with your pets, if you're looking for that alone time, you still have the opportunity for that connection with pets. And, of course, time with friends or your support network. If you haven't, if you're not in the area where, the phase where you need, you're feeling the need to isolate yourself, reaching out for support can be tremendously beneficial. Speaking with your therapist or your physician for the the opportunity to talk. Hypnotherapy is absolutely a, a good way. If you notice that the old habits you had created a life for you that, doesn't work any longer and it's time to work towards new habits, hypnotherapy can help with that. And taking the time to think about what what made you happy 20 years ago or when you were younger. Is it bowling? Is it jumping rope? What was it that was just fun, just really fun and inspiring? What were the things that you looked to do? And I feel like we've, we've crossed on this in past conversations over the weeks of the shows but really is important the things that you had fun with and realize that it's about the awareness and the choice becoming more aware gives you the opportunity to make different choices and laughter what about laughter when you think about earlier times simpler times younger days Was it easier to laugh? When was the last time you experienced a really good belly laugh? Like tears coming out of your eyes laugh. Think about that time. It almost doesn't even matter what you were laughing at if you can't recall the specifics around that. That feeling that you had with that laughter... If this program resonates with you, then you likely understand what that means and the power of that laughter. And let's consider laughter as a means of getting back to you. Or at least lightening things up enough for a short time so that it's easier to see and feel the real you that you're trying to get back to. That curiosity, that creativity, those things that you enjoyed. Some of the benefits of laughter. When I was talking about, re- researching about burnout, I mentioned all the things that were coming up about the different careers and burnout with different careers. And when I started looking at laughter, boy, the information was just incredible about laughter and the positive effects of laughter. Laughter lowers your blood pressure. It improves blood flow. It reduces stress hormone levels, and it can lift, if it's reducing the stress hormone levels, it can lift that heavy load that of anger, which is stage six of burnout. Laughter improves your cardiac health. I read something that after one minute of laughing, this gentleman's heart rate was as high as it was after 10 minutes on a rowing machine. Yeah. Laughter can help regulate your blood sugar sugar levels. It can boost T-cells and improve your immune system. And it's been studied for the ability to trigger the release of endorphins, which can help with pain. So laughter to compensate for pain. And people did report that when they laugh pain doesn't bother them as much laughter produces a general sense of well-being and laughter can bring you closer to others if you're laughing with your friends there really is a sense of camaraderie there and burnout conversely damages relationships and can lead to the isolation which is stage nine so I'd like to hear about your experiences if you're feeling burnout, let's talk about that. Where are you on those stages? Let's get take some action to get around that for you, lift you out. Give us a call, 732-748-1079. And then speaking of laughter, we're always open for our few good jokes, right? I mean, everybody who's listening, if we're even feeling any stages of any stage of burnout that laughter can help lift us out we can have some camaraderie together and lower our blood pressure reduce our stress hormones and just feel a little bit better anyone want to share a knock knock joke what's the funniest thing that ever happened to you and again if you've recovered from burnout and you're on top of it now that experience can be extremely helpful to us and to the people that are listening because it's an experience a a real world experience that people can relate to and learn from we'd like to know how you did it how did you get yourself out of burnout I think I've experienced various stages of burnout in my time and I think the what has gotten me out of it is really the time with friends and the support having my support network and i guess that kind of goes along with talking and certainly laughing because when i'm with friends there is laughter that's that's the point of it right the support network to feel better and to be able to discuss what's keeping us down and how we can lift ourselves back up back up and out and i'd like to know what what you've experienced what's a good joke my son had a good joke when he was four or five he used to tell this joke it was knock knock who's there little old lady little old lady who oh i didn't know you could yodel and i mean coming from a four or five year old that would just crack me up just crack me up and all the the jokes that four and five six year old boys can tell really humorous really fun are you currently experiencing burnout can you identify the stage which stage? I think the, uh, there are a lot... With, with the stages, it may be difficult to, to pinpoint. I think a lot of us can really identify with being driven by an ideal and being committed to our work and then working like a maniac. And at that point, I think between stages two and three, working like a maniac and putting your own needs last, that is a very slippery slope, and we kind of just morph from one right into the other almost without even realizing it and all of a sudden we're not exercising we're putting on weight we're not paying attention to ourselves and we look at ourselves in the mirror and almost don't recognize who we are and that may be that point stage four where we're miserable and clueless as to why we just don't know what's not working and why it's not working we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing we're working we're driven we're trying to make ends meet and things just aren't enlightening they're not feeling good it's not all coming together so if you'd like to give a call lines are open 732-748-1079 love to talk to you we're going to take a break be right back retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com.
0: And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on W-O-L-D. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the show. Interested in speaking with you about releasing burnout, reversing burnout, and what your experiences are with burnout. Switchboard is open. Love to take your call. So, with burnout, some of the other things that I'm I'm reading and I thought were interesting that a couple weeks ago, we were, I guess, in the first show, six weeks ago, we were talking about mindfulness. And mindfulness as a way to deal with stress. As we talked about, burnout and stress are often interchanged. And I guess some of the physical experiences that we have with stress and burnout can be similar. So how does mindfulness relate to burnout prevention? And some of the things that I read about were present moment awareness and calmness sure that's difficult to do but let's talk about that present moment awareness and calmness the breathing we talked we've talked about breathing in the past taking that deep breath in belly expanding breath and the exhale just to get you into the present moment last week we did the visualization of grounding and that can be helpful too just to be present so you can think communicating mindfully there are signals that your body is telling you when we think that we can be superhuman and those signals that we're just exhausted it's being able to communicate mindfully how you're truly feeling so that you can slow down before it's too late it is worth it to learn how to be honest with yourself identify those feelings in your body And so that you can communicate and ask yourself, how am I really feeling? Am I mentally or emotionally overwhelmed? And how often do I feel resentful towards my current circumstances? That's an important one. Am I dissatisfied or frustrated? And when was the last time I ate healthy or rested my body? How often do I take care of myself? Those things so that you can feel it in your body so that you have that opportunity to communicate and just maybe say no to something so that you can feel whole again. We talked about that feeling of not feeling like you can't do anything well, even cleaning the house, having to do with the focus and alertness and concentration. And even when it's something that is relatively mundane or unimportant, we want to be able to be present and to have enough focus on the task to be able to do it well. And when we do it well, it's somewhat fulfilling. So the difference is being alert as opposed to hypervigilant and staying in the present moment. Mindfulness and emotional intelligence. Being instead of compulsively doing. Doing mindfulness being aware of our thoughts being aware of our feelings getting some objectivity there's an exercise that i like to do about feelings and when we take the opportunity to identify what we're feeling in our bodies whether it's that that hot or cold feeling that contraction if you're feeling it in your your chest or your abdomen or your neck gets tight or your head starts to hurt you notice these things in your body to get some objectivity and distance yourself from it if you were to take that feeling wherever it is in your body and put it out in front of you yeah, take it out of your body or step back from it so that it's out in front of you to get a different view of it what does it look like how has it changed since it's left your body and then asking yourself what does it need to feel better and at that point you might notice a change in it And you can choose to bring it back into your body, but perhaps put it in a place in your body that makes more sense, that isn't constricting or isn't hot or cold or whatever unpleasant feeling that you're having about it, so that you can integrate it better into your your body and your life. And being present of those thoughts, of those feelings, of those emotions and sensations. And that helps you be more aware of the external world with more clarity. And that can help boost your mental and emotional well-being. Emotional resilience. Life is difficult. When you're building a successful career, bringing up a family, lots of challenges. But when we can develop emotional resilience, we can persist, persist and progress in all that we do. Rather than trying to force our way through life... Which is counterproductive and can lead to that resentment, that cynicism that we were talking about. It's much healthier to focus on our efforts instead of the potential outcomes. The fruit is in our efforts. It's the process that makes life fulfilling, not just the result. And remember that there are over 7 billion people, 7 billion people, who also have personal desires. So no matter how hard you push, resistance will be close by. And the next time you you find yourself trying to force your way through life, just breathe. And just emotionally let it go. Doing that body scan for awareness and perhaps meditation practices. And remember, meditation can be relatively easy to embark on. Start out with just breathing. And if you find that you have thoughts racing in your mind just let them go and then focus on your breath again it really is the process of breathing to become aware of your body and being more in the present and above all self-compassion direct your compassion inwards it's probably the kindest thing that you can do for yourself it's easy to direct blame towards ourselves oftentimes we're our own worst enemies and we're kind and compassionate towards others and often self-care isn't what we're doing as was mentioned in one of the in the stage what stage was that three we take care of and nurture our own mental and emotional spiritual and physical well-being we're far less likely to burn out or get to stage four lifting ourselves out self compassion so ask yourself on a regular basis am I directing compassion inwards do I put enough time aside to relax and unwind or am I allowing myself to believe cruel things about myself what can I do right now to be more compassionate and loving towards myself important questions very important questions and we have a call Uh, Christine in Frankfurt. Hello, Christine. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I have a question. I
2: feel I'm, I have burnout. Okay. With regard to going to
1: exercise classes. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, I'm retired. Mm-hmm. And
2: the class that I'd like to go to is a spinning class, and it starts at five forty-five. Mm-hmm. So I get up at quarter five. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't seem that I should have to get up at quarter or five when I'm retired to go to a spinning class. Mm-hmm. Yet I have to, I do have to exercise for my health. I have to exercise. My doctor says get a buddy. Mm-hmm. With a buddy. But there are not too many 55-year-olds mm-hmm. that I know <laughs> who want to do that.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Um, so I just need, I... I guess I need some motivation to get myself back in the routine because I've done it for years and years. I've always exercised. Mm-hmm.
1: How often do you exercise now?
2: Uh, two or three times a week, and then I walk myself by myself or with the neighbor or
1: something. Okay. I try every day to do that. Mm-hmm. Great. That's great. Try and keep busy. And when you, when you exercise or when you... Started exercising, or when you found exercise more fulfilling, what were you feeling about it? How did it make you feel?
2: Oh, like I really did something, accomplished something. Mm Mhm. Um. I just felt
1: good, good inside. And when you exercise, you mentioned the early morning spin class. If you go to the class, do you get that same fulfilling feeling that you did something after that class?
2: oh sometimes I do sometimes yeah I guess I do I guess I do it's just getting there mm-hmm mm-hmm
1: so you like doing this you like doing the spin class that's something that you enjoy I do. or okay are there other times at your gym where a spin class is offered I see two or three other days mm-hmm
2: Maybe that would be an answer.
1: And how does the, the time look for you?
2: Um, some of them are on the weekend, and I'm not really into going to the gym on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is, yeah, maybe maybe the one class, the Thursday class, might be a good one to try.
1: And are there any other classes that, that you enjoy doing?
2: Um, well, now I work part-time, and so I've, my mornings are taken up with that, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. There are, yes, there are classes, exercise,
1: and some are, some are too strenuous for me, but okay, I want to keep moving. And what about um, even another gym? That's true. Are there, are there a number of gyms in your area? A few, a little further away, like half an hour away. Okay. And I wonder if just paying a, perhaps even paying a, a small fee just for the class, you might be able to arrange something with the gym, if there's something of interest for you. That's true. Because even just changing your patterns, changing where you go, seeing new people, Maybe if you go to a different class, a different time, a different gym, you might be meeting different people that you could create that that buddy. That's true. To do more things with yeah. and try new things. That's true. Now, there are a whole bunch of different classes that you could participate in, right?
2: Yeah, there are. There are. At other places, there are a lot more classes. Mm-hmm. I have to keep that in
1: mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that does that seem like reasonable for you? Is that that works for you? It really does. Okay, good. Will you give us a call back next week and let us know what you what you learned, what you found out, how it's going? All right. Great, okay. great. Well, thanks very much for the call, Christine. Thanks for your help. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Bye. So great call. Exercise. Learning to get motivated about exercise i think we can probably all relate to that at different points in our lives and with exercise consistency really is the key for keeping that momentum going to keep those healthful benefits going it is about the consistency so establishing something for yourself that is on a regular basis but also something that you enjoy Because the health benefits that you get from exercise are far more beneficial if you're enjoying what you're doing. And that's kind of when I was speaking earlier about the things that you enjoyed as a a kid. Was it jumping rope? I mean, I know I see in some of the, like the CrossFit classes, they're doing the box jumps and jumping rope and different things that I remember doing as a kid. Hopscotch. How about hopscotch? Skipping. Things like that. Really fun stuff. But the the key is to keep it consistent and something that you enjoy, even walking. Now, last week we were talking about the winter blues and shaking those off. And, you know, here we are a week later, at least where we are here in New Jersey. The weather has been great over the weekend. We're expecting great weather this week. So it could really be an opportunity for people to get out there and start walking and getting invigorated by the fresh air and doing some exercise and finding a a buddy to laugh with, doing something and making plans. Sometimes, well, and I wonder, I wonder if the burnout that people experience could be more significant in the winter when we have those winter blues, if it's the winter blues or if we're feeling burnout. It would almost seem that it might be easier to lift ourselves out of burnout in the spring when the weather is nicer and the mood is lighter the sunshine if nothing less getting some more vitamin d in our systems from the from the sun right interesting interesting so if you'd like to give us a call 732-748-1079 let us know how you're doing with burnout let us know how you're doing with laughter share some experiences to help the other listeners we can all benefit from your experience Love to hear from you. Read something the other day that said health benefits of laughing 20 times a day. 20 times a day. That kids, children laugh at least 20 times a day. How often do you laugh each day? I don't think I laugh 20 times a day. I laugh several times a day. But I don't know about 20. Very interesting that... That difference between when we were kids and as adults, and certainly trying not to go a day without laughing. The joke of the day. I used to do. Um, I used to have a joke of the day on my website years ago, just something to lift spirits. And maybe sometimes it would be a quote of the day, but I tried to keep something light and humorous so that it would be. It could lift moods and keep people on the lighter side of life something else to consider is uh, in the stage it was talking about eating more drinking more stage 9 I believe of ways to cope ways to deal just kind of pushing it all down trying not to feel what you're feeling stage 8 any coping mechanism to help you feel better and feel more alive consider also which we've talked about in the show about stress and we've certainly talked about it since then is supporting your mood and energy levels by eating a healthy diet and minimizing sugar and refined carbs which we tend to crave in the winter if we're having the winter blues reducing your high intake of foods that can adversely affect your mood what are those caffeine trans fats and foods with chemical preservatives or hormones in them. Eating a little bit uh, more back to earth, the greens, the fruits and vegetables, eating more omega-3 fatty acids, which are mostly found in fatty fish like salmon and herring, anchovies, sardines, and flaxseed and walnuts. You can find those. Avoiding nicotine. Smoking when you're feeling stress may seem calming. I've known from from a number of smokers that I've seen with hypnotherapy trying to uh, reduce or eliminate the habit that they talk about the calming effect of smoking, but the nicotine really is a powerful stimulant, leads to higher, not lower, levels of anxiety. Often it's that psychological attachment to the smoking, that behavioral part of it. Uh, Do I actually... I had a client that I was working with for smoking cessation, and he worked in the stock market, or certainly, he worked in the stock market, and he was saying that he started smoking because it was the only way that the company would kind of allow him to take a break. Just getting up from your desk and walking outside for some fresh air wasn't enough of a a reason to take a break, but smoking was. So it was a particularly difficult habit for him to release because it almost meant to him that he wouldn't be able to take a break from work during the day. When it's ironic, the irony is that the oxygen is so much more beneficial for him to be able to breathe the fresh air so he's more productive at work. Interesting, right? So reversing burnout with a focus on laughter. Identifying the different stages. And as I mentioned, I'll have that on my website, the list of the stages, and on Facebook so that you can identify, if you find it helpful, identify the stage where you are so that you can lift yourself out of it. Even if you're not experiencing burnout, I would bet you know somebody who has or is experiencing burnout. And you may be able to now help them prevent it or at least help them lift themselves out of it. It'll be interesting to see the changes in Christine's exercise based on looking around and trying to change things up a little bit. Prolonged burnout. From what I've, I've learned, prolonged burnout and stress and anxiety can lead to feelings of depression. But again, it is important if you're not sure if you're feeling burnout or depression to check with your doctor or therapist so that you can work together to identify the direction that you need to go. And we have another call from Rachel in Piscataway. Hello Rachel. Hi Lauren, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Good. So what's going on with you? I'm
3: basically the same things. I've been trying to
1: improve my myself in different ways. I'm still continuing to journal. Great. Your voice sounds different, you sound different, you sound better, you sound like you have more energy.
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much, I'm I'm trying to stay positive and take the negativity out of my life. Sometimes it's not that easy though. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, because there's so much around, you know, you, you try to stay positive and have a positive outlook on everything that's happening there's always somebody that's in a bad mood or has something to say about this or about that one and you know it it surrounds you whether you want it to or not you know
1: you can't take it all out of your life because then you'll have nobody in your life (laughs) and when somebody is around you complaining or or in a bad mood does that have an effect on you do you absorb that
3: sometimes I try not to let it you know and I do try to you know Nonchalantly say, you know, that I'm trying to, you know, have a more positive outlook on life. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it makes
1: them think and sometimes they just continue. Yeah, and I, I understand the difficulty of that. And just keep in mind that there really is only so much that you can do or enforce, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word with somebody else because you really can't control them. You can only control yourself. So however they want to respond or react is their choice. But you have the choice in how you want to feel. And if it helps if there are certain people that you know generally have that uh, that negativity in their minds or around them, you have that opportunity to take a breath and kind of shield yourself from it or prepare yourself for it so that you can maintain your positive attitude your positive state of mind when speaking with them you can have empathy it's when you sympathize that you walk into that lion's den i think i used the expression a few weeks ago appreciate the lion but don't go into the lion's den and empathy is appreciating loving respecting honoring but sympathizing is walking in into that lion's den and if you're allowing yourself to take on that negativity which it sounds like the first step is being aware and it sounds like you're there so that you can protect yourself and maintain where you need to be
3: i really do think i'm empathetic if that's the correct word mm-hmm. i really believe i am because i do absorb others energies and you know I understand, you know, what you're saying that you can't control, you know, everybody and everything. But then it, that's where I go back to the overthinking because it, then I start thinking, okay, so why is there so much, why is there so much negativity? You know, you think back when you were younger and a child and a teenager and you don't remember so much of it. Mm-hmm. Know, I don't know if we were busy doing other things and mm-hmm. we didn't take notice.
1: Life was just lighter when we were teenagers, right? Yeah. Just lighter. Go back to (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. And you're right; there is negativity in the world, but if you're not a negative person and you are constantly looking towards the positive side of things, then you have that opportunity. What is I think is I think it's Gandhi that says, "Be the change you want to see in the world." Well. And that's, it sounds like that's what you're doing. You're trying to maintain yourself to be who you want to be, regardless of what's around you. And then people can either follow or not. And you get to choose how you want to interact with those people. And, of course, it may be family, which means that decision is a little bit more difficult. Um, previously, you had mentioned that, I think we, when we spoke off the air... You mentioned that you were at a 4 out of 10, let's say, and in two weeks' time you were up to a 7 out of 10. On that scale of 1 to 10, where are you now? Between an
3: 8 and a 9, I believe. You know, I I am. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go too close to a 10, you know,
1: because that's like having everything perfect you know sure sure and even if it a ten, it probably won't stay there forever it wouldn't for any of us right? but what tremendous progress you've made that's great I'm going to suggest Rachel I'm going to suggest that because of your focus and your interest in staying positive to keep that that empathy going understand who you're talking to and why they might be feeling that way and continually focusing on not taking that energy on for yourself and maintaining that thought of who you want to be, who you see yourself being, and moving forward that way. If you, uh, I mean, we are always want to hear from you. I would love to, if you can give a call back next week. We're actually at the end of our time for the show. Uh, It's great to hear of your progress, and can you give us a call back next week? Sure. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Good to talk to you. I'm here. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So if you'd like more information on my summer slim down group hypnosis sessions beginning May 10th, you can visit my website or you can email me at laurencardinal.com. In closing, every positive change in your life begins with a clear, unequivocal decision that you're going to either do something or stop something. I'd like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I'd like to thank our callers, and I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight. Set your phone calendar alarm and tune in next week at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. Have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement, and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and. Establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com.